Hi, everybody. This is Rainy Robinson with Savage Words Podcast. For those of you that don't know me, I was lucky enough to be on Dog and Beth on the Hunt for three seasons. I was on Dog and Beth Fight for Their Lives on A&E, and I was on the first season of Dogs Most Wanted with one of my favorite human beings, Beth Chapman. I'm so excited about this podcast. I thought about this for a long time. I have this badass friend that you're going to meet here, and she is just actually an incredible human being. Her name is Erica Bogan. Hi, sweetheart. How are you? Hi, Rainy. How are you doing? I am doing so good. I want you guys to know that she is a, a firefighter in the state of Connecticut in New Haven. And uh, for those of you that don't really uh, know, I pulled some interesting kind of statistics. I, I'm always very interested in jobs that are, that are perceived to be male dominated. And certainly being a firefighter is, you know, has a perception of, well, it's more than a perception. It actually is a male dominated yeah. industry. And so across the United States, there's 1,115,000 uh, firefighters total. And right. 370,000 of those are actual career ones and 745,000 are volunteer. And of that, of the 370,000 career, there's only 4% that are female and 8% volunteer. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. So I really am excited because I, I want, I want you to explain to people kind of how, how, how did you even, how did this even show up on your radar? Wow. Um, well, um, I was married young um, in 1991 and my marriage didn't last. Um, we divorced in 97. Um, but in the meantime, um, I was a single mom um, raising my sons and I had taken a few years off to have my family when the marriage was, you know, okay. Mm. Um, and then by the time it disintegrated, you know, I was jobless because I, I decided to be a stay-at-home mom for a little bit. Yeah. So when I went back into the job market, I knew that I would have to get a job that would be able to sustain, you know, taking care of my kids. Yeah. Not just like, you know, a minimum wage, go nowhere type job. And they were little too. Yeah, they were. They were eight, yeah. five, and four. Eight, five, and four. That's no, that's no joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was, they, they kept me busy. Yeah. <laughs> they kept me very busy. Yes. So the first job that I found, um, was a 911 dispatcher. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, city job, you know, stability, you know, which sure. was extremely important, you know, raising little ones. Yes. Um, so of course, you know, stability and benefits and, you know, steady pay. So I went for it and I ended up getting that job. And I was there from August of 95 to December of 97. But when I first got there the very first day, um, well, how come you just didn't try to be a firefighter? It's like, because I didn't know about it. Right. You know, it was like one of those things that they wanted you to know, but didn't want you to know yeah. all at the same time. If you pick up what I'm putting down. I, I so, picked it up. Oh, yeah. So working there, because our city at that time, when you called 911, it went straight into the fire department. Right. I was able to really, you know, get a bird's eye view of how the department works and, you know, what they do and how they do and, you know, interacting with, you sure. know, the captains, the chiefs, the lieutenants, you know, the guys on the line. Sure. So when it came around in another, maybe like a year and a half after I became a dispatcher, I went for it to see if I'd get it because I'm thinking, you know, I still need to take care of my kids yeah. because the bigger they get, 
the more money they're going to cost me. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You have cards and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Oh yeah, you know the proms, the tuxedos, the earbuds, the, all of it, just everything, I know. everything. So I went for it to see if I would get it, you know, with my boys in mind, and I ended up getting it. So you had to apply first. You had to apply right. and then be selected and then go to the academy. Right. Okay. Right. The, um, the process is you have to fill out an application with the city of New Haven. And after that, they send you a letter and they invited me to take the written exam. And it's just like basic, you know, civil service type, right. you know, questions. It's like a hundred questions and you get like three hours okay. to finish it. So when you pass that, then you're invited to take the physical agility portion. So, you know, you just show up in sweats or, you know, whatever they tell you to show up in workout yeah. clothes and you have like five different components to finish in a certain amount of time. Okay. And I remember um, being there and my last thing was I had a 60 pound bundle of hose on my shoulder oh. and I had to run it up eight flights oh. and down again as quick as I could. So this is the last thing. I'm tired. I'm just about winded. And I remember getting up to the, you know, to the eighth floor landing. I mean, to the, um, to the landing is like four or five floors, but right. eight flights up. I get to the eight flight up landing and there's this elderly old man sitting there. I guess he's proctoring to make sure that everybody goes all the way up to the top. Okay. And I just got there and I just stood there for a minute because I was just like, I'm never going to finish this in time. I'm never going to finish this in time. And he, he just had the kindest face. And like the calmest demeanor. And he just looked at me and he said, go ahead, girl, you got it. Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love yeah, that. And I, and I ended up finishing on time. Inspiration at the, on the eighth floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I you never that. know where it's going to come from. What a beautiful statement because that's absolutely true. It really yeah. is absolutely true. That's amazing. And so they give you like time limits though to get that stuff done, right? Yes. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what the time was then because um the testing is constantly changing and evolving. Yeah. Um but yeah it was maybe like 20 minutes or 15 minutes, something something very small. It's it's amazing, and I you know we had spoke before, and you told me that the the actual academy is like twenty two weeks long. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. no joke, and it's it is a massive commitment. And having small children like that, you know that I'm sure that it was incredibly grueling. But you know, not a lifetime. It's not like you know doing you know you know, four years of it or whatever, but 22, right. weeks, that's significant. It's a significant right. amount. And then, so after you uh, graduated the academy, are you immediately hired right on? Oh yeah. As soon as you graduate, you're hired. You're hired. Like that, that's it. As soon as you, as soon as you graduate, when, when you enter the academy, you're what's considered an employee at will. Oh, okay. So, you know, you're paid throughout that entire time throughout okay. the training and, oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, you're paid like, you know, whatever the entry wage was. I think at that point, it was like $37,500 to start. That was back in 97 though, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And how was right that? Right now, it's like in the, to start, it's like in the 70s now for the guys that start now. That's, yeah, because 97 was what? That's like, that was a chunk of time ago. So, oh yeah, like 23 God. years ago. Great. That is, that's really good. And then with all the benefits and everything that you have in, and then I'm sure you have a retirement and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we have pension. 
Yeah. Those of us who started back then have pensions. The the people that start now have 401ks. Oh, that's okay though. It's something. It's, oh yeah. 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 They're not left with nothing when they leave. Right. Right. No, I, you think, know, whatever the something is. Yeah. I think that's great. Cause I think the 401ks, you can move them around too. Mm-hmm. Take them, they're portable and you can move them around. I, I, maybe not all of them. Right. Uh, but I think the majority are but g- going back to the nine one one thing. Was it, what kind of training was that? That was all on the job training. Shut up. So yeah. Give you a phone and go here. Here you go. That was all on the job. I remember when I interviewed for it, they made me, they gave me a piece of paper and said, you know, read these things. And in retrospect, the things that I was reading was things that I would eventually end up saying, you know, on the radio dispatching. Okay. So I guess they liked my voice and, you know, all like that. But when I first got there, they just sat me down next to, you know, a dispatcher who had already been there. Okay. And, you know, they show you the ropes and, you know, explain, you know, what, why they're doing this and why they're doing that and response. And, you know, cause you have to learn, you know, who goes where and right. who goes where for what types of calls and, right, right. okay, well, if that person isn't available, then we have to take the next closest. And who's that? That that's a lot of, that's to, a lot to juggle. That is a lot yeah. to juggle. And especially like you were saying that all the, all the calls came in centrally to, mm-hmm. so it, it may be fire. It may be, you know, EMT stuff. It right. may be, you know, get my cat right. out of a tree. Who knows? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, uh, people, people used to be, get so upset about that. I'm like, I'm sorry, we don't send, you know, for cats and trees and they would get so upset. Uh, I'm like, well, ma'am, have you ever seen a dead cat in a tree? I mean, come on. Like, seriously? How did they get up there? Exactly. If God gave them the knowledge to get up there, then guess what? They give them equal ability to get down when they're ready. Seriously. So what Mm -hmm. was, for the 911 stuff, what was the most, what was the most frightening call you had? Hmm. Um, When I actually was a dispatcher there? Yeah. Oh, um, that's easy. Um, It was cold. It was wintertime. Um, January, maybe like January of 98. Okay. Because I, I was still relatively sort of new there. Okay. Um, or no, 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 I'm sorry, of 96, because okay. I started in 95. Um, and we started all of a sudden the, the board, like, like the 911 board just started lighting up with all these calls. Okay. So we're answering these calls and there was a really bad house fire. Okay. And um, people were just calling and calling and call- like ma- we dealt with like nine one one calls for like twenty thirty minutes. Oh, yeah, the same it, 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 yeah, for the yeah. same exact call. Right. And the the bad part about that whole situation is that it was winter time, and so of course the roads, you know, the road, you know, conditions were compromised. Right. But. Also, um, in New Haven, there is like a, comp- a couple of complexes that are literally six to seven minutes away from the nearest firehouse, oh, oh. which, you know, it, which is a lot of time. Double it's time. a lot yeah. of time, you know, when there's something burning or yeah. if someone's dying, that's a hell yeah. of a lot of time. Yeah. And, you know, when usually we can get someplace within three minutes. So you're doubling that because they live so far on the outskirts of town. Right. And there were calls coming from, and it was like in, in like a housing project type setup. Okay. And, and they're, you know, sort of small, sort of compacted, you know, that kind of thing. And there were people calling saying that a little girl was trapped. Oh no. And that's like, oh, that's like heart wrenching. Right. Because we're seeing, we're seeing an office. 
All right. we can do is send, we send and pray they get there in time. Right. You know, it's like you're helping, but you feel helpless all at the same time. Yeah. Like guys, hurry up and get there. Hurry up and get there. Hurry up and get there. And, and then we got, and then we were getting calls that, you know, the little girl, oh, we have her, we found her unconscious. She's not breathing. What do we do? So, you know, you have to guide them through CPR and then, you know, other people calling, screaming, the little girl is dead. And mm. it, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. Absolutely horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Did her parents got out and all that? And then the, the baby yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah. Just like but there were like three women working myself, my supervisor, and one of my, you know, coworkers, and, you know, we all have kids. Yeah. So, you know, it hits closer to home. Oh, you definitely. Know, definitely. And you hear, you know, you pick up the 911 line and you hear like the anguished screams of, you know, relatives and friends who now know that this little girl is dead and they want us to do something. And we, we can't do anything more than what we already did. Right. You know, so it's, it's horrible. Yeah, it's absolutely horrible. And it really bring, it brings me to another question that I that I wrote down that I wanted to ask you, because that you bring up like a really good uh, point. And it's about like, how do you keep a level head through all of that? Like, I'm pretty emotional. And, uh, and sometimes when the pressure is on, you know, in my circumstances, I can keep you know, things, my stuff is pretty much people fighting. It's not really, you know, <laughs> right. but how do you keep a level head over all of that? Like, how do you do that? Um, I think it's kind of like a stress bank. Like, you know, like for instance, when I started out at 911, you know, I was sort of green yeah. to that sort of trauma yeah. and maybe even P a certain amount of PTSD, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, over all of these years, you, I feel like you have to find different outlets, you know, whatever that is. For me, sometimes it's singing. Um, sometimes I go get a mani-pedi, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I just, you know, put on music and zone out. Sometimes I'll, you know, go for a long drive. Um, when it's really, when, it, yeah, I when it's really, it. really traumatic, yeah. I don't like myself in those times. Mm -hmm because I can't, because I know that some sort of PTSD or trauma response is coming. Yeah. I just don't know how, and I don't know when, mm. and I don't know how long it's going to be. You know, it's like, I have had, you know, children, you know, other children die yeah. on the, being a firefighter. And, you know, it's like, you continue to go on, you go to work and, you know, all like that. But it's it's different. Your responses are different. The way you think about things is different because I would go to work, but I didn't want to be around my coworkers. I just wanted to, you know, like be over here, like sequester myself. Like, you know, I don't want to be bothered. I'm only coming out for dinner. You know, I don't want to laugh and joke with you, you know, like like we usually do, because yeah. you know, firefighters are the biggest jokesters and pranksters and you know, sure. all that kind of thing. But I didn't want to be bothered. I just wanted to be, you know, away. Yeah. And I was angry. I was extremely angry, not at any one particular thing, but just angry. Yeah. And you don't know where it comes from. Maybe angry because, you know, God, why did you take this child? Right. You know, why not take like a pedophile or a murderer or, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, that kind of thing, you know, is hard to deal with. And they taught us in the academy. That was one of the first things they taught us in the academy that sometimes when you have really bad calls that are, you know, emotional. Yeah. Um, your family and friends aren't going to understand. Yeah. And they teach us that the only people that understand what we do is us. Yeah. 
And so I, and I, I saw that I read like a lot of like, you're a pretty popular person. And I read a lot of articles on you and, Yikes. you know, some, some of the really cool things though that you do, and I'm sure that this really kind of helps soothe your soul is that you are very active in uh, donating your time and volunteering and speaking and, you know, upholding women and empowering them. I, I mean, and I'm sure that that really kind of soothes your soul at, oh yeah. At one at you know certain times too, and and I thought a lot about this the last the last couple of days when I knew that we were going to do this interview, is that that whole notion of your family, like you really you guys really do have like two families. You have the family yeah. that you work with, and then yeah. the family you go home to. And yeah. I read one article where you had a lifelong friend who actually passed away and he was trying to uh, adopt his niece. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when he passed away, you threw her a birthday party. Yes. Yeah. That, that's one of the, <clears throat> that things like that are, you know, amidst all the, you know, sometimes BS that comes with any job. Yeah. That's the way that my coworkers and I are able to band together, yeah. you know, for the greater good. And, you know, really, you know, be able to, you know, help people out, you know, especially, you know, at their lowest possible moments is probably one of the things that I'm most proud of, yeah. you know, about being a firefighter, because it, it really, you know, some people will say, oh, it's not a brotherhood, but it really is, though. You know, it really is. It's like oh, yeah. sisterhood. We fight like family. We make up like family. We eat together like family. We cook together like family. You yeah. know, we fight fires like family. Yeah. We've seen each other at our very best and our very worst, but right. that's okay because we have a job to do, Yes, you know, for better or worse. And her birthday party was, you know, amazing. Um, <clears throat> it started out as my idea and I contacted our chief and I said, Hey chief, um, I want to have a party. And um, I don't remember where I suggested to have it, but he was like, well, why don't you do it right here at central? you know, the fire headquarters, yeah. you know, on the apparatus floor. I'm like, oh my God, this is perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I reached out to my coworkers, my other coworkers who were close to George, you know, especially the ones on his shift. Yeah. And we were able to pull off, you know, this amazing party. And somebody, I, I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was me or somebody else, but um, they started asking for donations for the party. And all told, I think we raised almost a thousand dollars. Wow. That one little girl is incredible yeah because it really is incredible and our train of thought is he's not there anymore right so you know we have to continue to try to take care of her you know in his unfortunate absence yes yes of course i mean and he you know 46 is not very old no I mean, that's pretty young and then being in the process of you know giving her a forever home was a really beautiful thing in itself and you shared with me, uh, you know, before we started that uh, his partner, uh, he wasn't married, but his partner uh, mm -hmm. went ahead and adopted her anyway. Yes, she did. Yeah, I still have their contact information and, you know, anything she needs, you know, if she lets me know and it's within my power to do, then, you know, I'll, I'll do that. That is just, uh, it, it's just really incredible. I mean, you've, you really tapped into a, just a beautiful, you, you see the best and the worst, just like what you said, you see, 
you know, people at their weakest, most vulnerable moments of their life. And, uh, you know, what a blessing it is that you show up and are there with them at that. You can't make the things better. You know, you can't put their home back together or revive their dog or, or whatever it is, but to have a human stand there and, you know, without saying any words saying, I, I know exactly what you're going through and I stand right here with you. It's just really right. kind of a beautiful thing. I, I love that a lot. I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to, uh, I want to focus on the challenges that you faced. I mean, you had to have faced some challenges as, you know, as a woman in a, a male dominated kind of industry. And we had spoken earlier about this isn't really necessarily something that would show up on any uh, woman's radar, because right. I think that we have a perception of, you know, police officers are males and firefighters are males and bail right. bondsmen are males. And we talked mm-hmm. about that. And it's, you know, the perception of that there's more males in bail is, is not correct. There's more females right. actually in bail, but the perception is males. So how did, how did you, how do you help people over, young women, how do you help them overcome that notion? Well, like you said, um, I'm, I'm very active in the community. I'm very visible. Um, you know, whenever we have something, you know, I'm right there, you know, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of times I'll just put a blast on Facebook, like, Hey, anybody want to learn about fire safety? You know, let me know. You can schedule it. It's free, completely free. You know, don't worry about it. Yeah. And um, my job is really good that way um, because they actually, you know, will give me like little red hats for the kids, little helmets and, you know, little giveaways and sure. you know, things to keep them interested and engaged. Sure. And, you know, even to put the thought in their head, like, hey, she's doing it. I can do it, too. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. Opening, opening those channels, you know, to and in males the same way, you know, like like you know, being a nurse, which is a, a, yeah, there's a female perception of, uh, uh, you know, that only females do that. So it's very interesting. And I love pushing those boundaries because it really is not about your gender. It's not. And it's uh, about your ability to do the job that you have been assigned. Correct. Correct. And your love of doing that job. And, you know, I, I think that you fell right into the most perfect and I'm sure that there were some challenging moments that you had, you know, staring at a four or five and an eight year old going, oh my God, what am I going to do? <laughs> now, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, here. it's <laughs> like, it's like do or die. Yeah. It's like, you know, you have these three little people to provide for yeah. and to care for and it's kind of, or, or fight or flight, if you will. Are you yeah. going to run away? Or are you going to fight through it and do what you need to do? It, listen, it, I think it would have been really super easy to just go, I give, you know, I give, I mean, that, that is a, that is a huge hurdle to get over. And, you know, and it, it would have been different had you like embarked on this prior to having the children and getting married and all that stuff, but right. you didn't, but some of the best things I swear are, you know, I always say like a, like a, you know, a pearl is born from, uh, you know, adversity. There's like, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's how you get pearls. And so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you just ended up really, I mean, talk about divine intervention. I mean, yeah, and you. the fact that it wasn't really kind of on anyone's radar, but I love that. I love that you looked at it and said, oh, listen, I, I can do this. Let me just show you how it's done. I love that. 
I love that. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something you probably didn't find when you were stalking me online. (laughs) (laughs) I actually went. (laughs) True, true. I know I got to get that, right? I actually went through the academy twice. Oh, you did? I did. Why? When I first, when I, when I, when I, when I went through the academy the first time, Ah. uh, they let me go two weeks prior to graduation because I got hurt. Oh. And, you know, I didn't meet the requirements. Oh. So they gave me a chance, a shot to come back in the following class. So I did it all over again from beginning to end. And the second time I was class president and I graduated. You know, I love that. That would have been yet another reason to just kind of like, not, not that you should have, you know, but another reason that people would give up is because of the challenges that you face. I, I just love that. I love that you wanted it that bad. It was do or die. Failure yeah. wasn't an option. I yeah. have three young, three young little boys. Yeah. And, you know, in a society where a lot of the deck is stacked against little black boys as it is, yeah. I was determined that I was not going to be a statistic. What a great example. I mean, what a magnificent example that they had as a mom, you know, to grow up with. I mean, what a magnificent example. And I, you know, I do stalk your page. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to just put it out there. But, you know, your sons are kind of gorgeous. And I know one just oh, got thank you. You're welcome. And they just have got to be super proud of you. Oh, I, I adore them. Yeah. They are my absolute heart. Yeah. Like every day the sun rises and sets on them. Yeah. And they're just, they're just amazing. And it's, it's amazing that they all came from the same two people, you know, myself and my ex-husband. Yeah. And for all of their similarities, they're also so different. So different. They're so different. And it's like, it's like a mind freak. Like, really? Like, <laughs> really? <laughs> I know. I got two that are two polar opposites. So it's hard to believe they, I was... The, uh, the common denominator. <laughs> Seriously. That's okay. They, I'm, I'm sure they got the best of you. I love, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to run with that story anyway, but, oh, listen, I have, uh, I have one more question to ask. Sure. You. Let me just say. Ask me anything. Ask, ask, ask. Oh, uh, you brought up, I watched that little YouTube video and I love this question. Okay. Uh, they asked you about uh, the pay. And you know how, you know, women are traditionally paid a third less than men. Mm-hmm. In this industry, tell everybody what the pay is. Okay, well, we don't, we don't, um, women don't take any pay cuts or pay, you know, slights or anything. Everybody's paid the same. And that was another thing that was attractive yeah. about, you know, doing my job. Yeah. Because, you know, if I'm doing, you know, as much work, if not more, than, you know, Joe or Jake or Dave, why should I get less? Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's not fair. You not know, that, that's not all. fair at all. Yeah, um, and I don't even I, know why in this day and age, and, you, know, you know, 2020, why that's even still happening, period. I just don't, I I don't, don't know. even know. But um, that, I, think, I think right now, the last re- recruitment drive I did, um, I think you start, in the academy in the 70s, like the low 70s? You know, I mean, 70 grand is not bad. That's not Nothing bad to sneeze at, at. I mean, the cost of living in Connecticut is crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, if you, or maybe like low 60s, you start maybe like 68-ish, something like that. 
but at top step, you're like mid seventies or, you know, like mid seventies to, you know, like high seventies. Right. And, but there's also room for advancement. Uh, the, oh, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can still move up the chain. And yeah. the other thing is, is that you have to factor in what the benefits are. I mean, it's at least a grand a month. And so you have yeah. to factor that in as well, you know, by the time you get medical care and, you know, and all the yeah. things that, you know, you should have, those, those are all parts of it too. So I really love that. I love the, the, you know, and it's one of those considerations that as a woman, you have to take into consideration that, you know, we are traditionally paid less and that yeah. I found that to be really kind of cool. You know? Yeah. But you know what? Um, my coworkers, since we work three days on and three days off, yeah. Everybody has a part-time job or some sort of, you know, part-time hustle mm -hmm. that they do on their three days off. Yeah. So you can pretty much find whatever you want in the fire department. There are roofers, there are masons, there are insurance guys, there are, that. you know, plumbers, there's, you know, mm -hmm. HVAC, there's electric, you know, there's carpenters, there's builders. I mean, they just do everything. I love that. It's amazing. So when you go in, so you go in for, it's three 24-hour periods, and then you're off for three 24-hour periods. Is that how it works? Almost. So I start, like tomorrow, for instance, you know, I'll, I'll go into work in the morning. Okay. So um, a basic shift is three days, 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Okay. So I'm home during the night. Oh, you are? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, so 8 a.m., 6 p.m., Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. And then I'll be off Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. And then when I go back to work, then I'm on nights for the opposite, 6 p.m. overnight until 8 a.m. for three nights. And then I'm still home during the day. So when you do the night chip ones, you guys, you don't sit up. You can sleep no. and chill and all that stuff, right? You're just there. I don't really, I don't really sleep at work because there's that sort of uncomfortability factor. Yeah. Like, you know, at any second, you know, all the lights are going to come on and dispatch is going to send us somewhere. So I don't get like truly comfortable. Yeah. I mean, there are people that do, there are people yeah. that snore that, you know, get pillows thrown at them across the room in the middle of the night because they're snoring like, yeah. Oh, they're snoring. Like, I don't know. Like they have like rocks in an <laughs> engine or it, it's horrible. Oh my it is horrible. God. They it's usually so get hilarious. banished to another room. <laughs> You're one of 14 women that are at that department, right? know this stuff you're scary i am <laughs> yeah one of 14 that's yeah. really good though that i love that i love that i love 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 yeah but it's important I, to note it's important to note that not not all of them are um on the actual fire line you have uh, some that are inspectors in the marshal's office you know things like that there are some that drive engines you know some that actually still fight fires so we're sort of spread out all over the place i love that though i love that little diversity that is great so speaking of side hustles mm. we got some uh, we got your little side hustle i love your little side hustle i think the beth chapman memorial scholarship ended up buying um some little giveaway things which were really kind of cute for some of the people yeah. And uh, I, I love it. And uh, and people can find you. And, I, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because some of the stuff is super cute. And I ended up getting a whole bunch of these really kind of little cool little compact mirrors. And they're you, the yeah, 20. Those are my babies. Yeah, the 2021 was the hilarious one. And I noticed I have none left in the stack. <laughs> they're all gone. <laughs> Everyone took them, but they're super cute. And they're, And you have more than just this stuff though. You do like, yes. yeah. What else do you do? 
Oh, I've done masks. Yeah. Um, Joe, I actually did um, did a couple for Joey for his Mason Lodge. Um, and for, you know, other Mason Lodges. Um, I've done t-shirts. I've done short sets. Um, I've done a little bit of everything. It's it just whatever, you know, I feel so inspired to do, then, you know, yeah. that's what I look at. I saw you uh, recruited your, uh, was it your mom? Uh, you recruited your yes. mother and your son, your son too. Look, they're bit. such clowns. It's hilarious. It was funny. I tuned into those, but it's called Inside Joke Graphics. And yes. and everyone can find you. Um, they, you do have your own Facebook page. And I know that you have your own Instagram too. I do. Uh, yeah, good. And so as soon as I publish this, uh, I'm going to put the links up too, because, and uh, when I got it, it was actually really fast. It really quick and I'm telling you guys the quality of this stuff is really good these are like little perfect like little stocking stuffer things that you can just give to all your people yeah they're really they're really cute I loved the picture that you took on your counter that was so good oh look at this one look at that how pretty that is my grandmother ordered that one I love this I love this yeah one. she was like I want the faith mirror so I'm like yeah. okay I know. They're just so really super cute. So, and then the turnaround time is like pretty, pretty simple and pretty easy, but anything you want to leave anybody with? Um, just that over the course of the last, you know, 23 years, since we're talking about my job, um, and retirement is looming soon enough, maybe in like the next two years or so. Okay. Um, but you know how retirement is. It's like all a numbers game. Right. Because I feel like, you know, all the missed occasions with my boys and all the missed holidays and all like that, you know, I feel like I need to be properly compensated, you know, for all of those things. Um, but I just feel like, you know, I am not tired. Um, my mission continues. Right. Um, and if I can make some sort of impression on a child or, you know, on a young lady, yes. you know, even even young men. Yes. Um, that, you know, what I do is attainable. And if I can also, you know, keep people from doing things that, you know, cause fires, you know, yeah. especially children, because children are curious, of course. you know, and it's not their fault. You know, they're just naturally, you know, natural born, you know, little curious monkeys. Of course. And, you know, if I can, you know, direct them away from, you know, don't play with matches, don't play with incense, don't play with candles, especially, you know, in the fall and the winter, yes. you know, stay away from the stove and the fireplaces and that kind of thing. Yes. If I can do that, and if by me doing that, that saves a life, or if by me, you know, talking about, you know, my job, yeah. you know, saves a life by someone getting a job, yes. you know, then my work is done. I mean, really seriously. And then when you, when you magnify that over the two plus decades that you've done it, I mean, you really do have to feel good about that. I mean, it's never a number that you'll ever know, but right. there will be people that go, I remember she said that one, like literally I'm, I'm 60 and I have, believe it or not, my Smokey the Bear bear that, that, a ranger gave me back in the 60s. I still have that. And I remember you. I know, right? Prevent forest fires. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, I mean, and so, you know, like just the impression that you can leave on somebody, I mean, you really literally do put your thumbprint on their soul. And yeah, it's important. It's important to leave people better than you found them. Definitely. And, you know, this time of the year with the Christmas trees and lots of things that are, 
you know, happening, it's like really pay attention to a lot of that stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, thank you for everything that you've done. Oh, and, you're so uh, welcome. You know, I don't know that I would be too inclined to get up on a pitch of a roof with it on fire or not. You could uh, do it. Yeah, I probably could, but Come hang out after COVID. We'll go out. <laughs> you know, right. I, I, maybe I'll go do a ride along with you. Exactly. All yeah, right, sweetheart. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Savage Words Podcast and my sweet, sweet friend, Erica. Thank you for having me, doll. So welcome, honey. <laughs>